This is Everyday Light, a perfectly imperfect reading of the One Year Daily Bible. I'm Molly, a fellow pilgrim on the road to the kingdom, and it is a joy to have you traveling this journey with me, with the Word of God as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Welcome. This is the one-year Bible reading for November 20th, and we are in the book of Ezekiel, continuing in chapter 40 today, learning about the temple uh, and the building of the temple that Ezekiel uh, is describing. And so I was researching this morning, trying to discover there's the temple movement in Jerusalem to rebuild the third temple. Um, after the last temple was destroyed. And so people who are active in that movement are actively preparing to rebuild the temple at which time that they can use the Temple Mount for that purpose. And what I was interested in, um, so comment if you know this answer because I couldn't find it, is whether they plan to use the plans here for Ezekiel's temple or whether they plan to try to rebuild a previous temple. I would be interested in knowing that. Chapter 40, verse 28. Then the man took me to the south gateway, leading into the inner courtyard. He measured it and found that it had the same measurements as the other gateways. Its guard, alcoves, dividing walls, and foyer were the same size as those in the others. It also had windows along its walls and in the foyer structure. And like the others, the gateway passage was 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three quarters feet wide. The foyers of the gateways leading into the inner courtyard were eight and three quarters feet deep and 43 and three quarters feet wide. The foyer of the south gateway faced into the outer courtyard. It had palm tree decorations on its column and there were eight steps leading to its entrance. Then he took me to the east gateway leading into the inner courtyard. He measured it and found that it had the same measurements as the other gateways. Its guard alcoves, dividing walls, and foyer were the same size as those of the others, and there were windows along the walls and in the foyer structure. The gateway passage measured 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three quarters feet wide. Its foyer faced into the outer courtyard. It had palm tree decorations on its columns and there were eight steps leading to its entrance. Then he took me around to the north gateway leading to the inner courtyard. He measured it and found that it had the same measurements as the other gateways. The guard, alcoves, and dividing walls, the foyer of this gateway had the same measurements as in the others and the same window arrangements. The gateway passage measured 87 and a half feet long and 43 and three quarters feet wide. Its foyer faced into the outer courtyard and it had palm tree decorations on the columns. There were eight steps leading to its entrance. A door led from the foyer of the inner gateway on the north side into a side room where the meat for sacrifices was washed before being taken to the altar. On each side of this foyer were two tables where the sacrificial animals were slaughtered for the burnt offerings, sin offerings, and guilt offerings. Outside the foyer on each side of the stairs going up to the north entrance, there were two more tables. So there were eight tables in all, four inside and four outside where the sacrifices were cut up and prepared. There were also four tables of hewn stone for preparation of the burnt offerings, each 31 and a half inches square and 21 inches high. On these tables were placed the butchering knives and other implements and the sacrificial animals. 
They were hooks, each three, and a, three inches long, fastened to the foyer wall and set on the tables where the sacrificial meat was to be laid. Inside the inner courtyard, there were two one-room buildings for the singers, one beside the north gateway facing south and one the other beside the south gateway facing north. And the man said to me, the building beside the north inner gate is for the priests who supervise the temple maintenance. The building beside the south inner gate is for the priests in charge of the altar, the descendants of Zadok, for they alone of all the Levites may approach the Lord to minister to him. Then the man measured the inner courtyard and found it to be 175 feet square. The altar stood there in the courtyard in front of the temple. Then he brought me to the foyer of the temple. He measured its supporting columns and found them to be eight and three quarters feet square. The entrance was 24 and a half feet wide with walls five and a quarter feet thick. The depth of the foyer was 35 feet and the width was 19 and a quarter feet. There were 10 steps leading up to it and a column on each side. After that, the man brought me into the holy place, the large main room of the temple, and he measured the columns that framed its doorway. They were 10 and a half feet square. I'll just pause and say that the original measurements were given in cubits. And so all of these funny feet measurements uh, are in this version, uh, but they wouldn't have had all these fractions originally. But it does give us a good idea, because we don't know cubits, um, what the actual dimensions would have looked like. The entrance was 17 and a half feet wide, and the walls on each side were eight and three quarters feet wide. The holy place itself was 70 feet long and 35 feet wide. Then he went into the inner room at the end of the holy place. He measured the columns at the entrance and found them to be three and a half feet thick. The entrance was 10 and a half feet wide and the walls on each side of the entrance extended 12 and a quarter feet to the corners of the inner room. The inner room was 35 feet square. This, he told me, is the most holy place. Then he measured the wall of the temple and found that it was 10 and a half feet thick. There was a row of rooms along the outside wall. Each room had seven, was seven feet wide. These rooms were built in three levels, one above the other, with 30 rooms on each level. The supports for these rooms rested on ledges in the temple wall, but the supports did not extend into the wall. Each level was wider than the one below it, corresponding to the narrowing of the temple wall as it rose higher. A stairway led up from the bottom level through the middle level to the top level. I noticed that the temple was built on a terrace, which provided a foundation for the side rooms. This terrace was 10 and a half feet high. The outer wall of the temple side rooms was eight and three quarters feet thick. This left an open area between these side rooms and the row of rooms along the outer wall of the inner courtyard. This open area measured 35 feet in width and went all the way around the temple. Two doors opened from the side rooms into the terrace yard, which was eight and three quarters feet wide. One door faced north and the other south. A large building stood on the west facing the temple courtyard. It was 122 and a half feet wide and 157 and a half feet long, and its walls were eight and three quarters feet thick. Then the man measured the temple and he found it to be 175 feet long. The courtyard around the building, including its walls, was an additional 175 feet in length. The inner courtyard to the east of the temple was also 175 feet wide. The building to the west, including its two walls, was also 175 feet wide. The most holy place, 
uh, the, sorry, the holy place, the most holy place, and the foyer of the temple were all paneled with wood, as were the frames of the recessed windows. The inner walls of the temple were paneled with wood above and below the windows. The space above the door leading to the most holy place was also paneled. All the walls were decorated with carvings of cherubim, each with two faces, and there was a palm tree carving between each of the cherubim. One face, that of a man, looked toward the palm tree on one side. The other face, that of a young lion, looked toward the palm tree on the other side. The figures were all carved along the inside of the temple, from the floor to the top of the walls, including the outer wall of the most holy place. There were square columns at the entrance to the holy place, and the ones at the entrance of the most holy place were similar. There was an altar made of wood, three and a half feet square and five and a quarter feet high. Its corners, base, and sides were all made of wood. This, the man told me, is the table that stands in the Lord's presence. Both the holy place and the most holy place had double doorways, each with two swinging doors. The doors leading into the holy place were decorated with carved cherubim and palm trees, just as on the walls. And there was a wooden canopy over the front of the temple's foyer. On both sides of the foyer, there were recessed windows decorated with carved palm trees. James chapter 4. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Isn't it the whole army of evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous for what others have and you can't possess it, so you fight and quarrel to take it away from them. And yet the reason you don't have what you want is that you don't ask God for it. And even when you do ask, you don't get it because your whole motive is wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with this world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, that if your aim is to enjoy this world, you can't be a friend of God. What do you think the scriptures mean when they say that the Holy Spirit, whom God has placed within us, jealously longs for us to be faithful? He gives us more and more strength to stand against such evil desires. As the scriptures say, God sets himself against the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw close to God and God will draw close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you hypocrites. Let there be tears for the wrong thing you, that you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. When you bow down before the Lord and admit your dependence on him, he will lift you up and give you honor. Don't speak evil against each other, my dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize each other and condemn each other, then you are criticizing and condemning God's law. But you are not a judge who can decide whether the law is right or wrong. Your job is to obey it. God alone, who made the law, can rightly judge among us. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to condemn your neighbor? Look here, you people who say, today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what will happen tomorrow? For your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. 
Otherwise, you will be boasting about your own plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Continuing in Psalm 118 this morning, starting in verse 19. Open for me the gates where the righteous enter, and I will go in and thank the Lord. Those gates lead to the presence of the Lord, and the godly enter there. I thank you for answering my prayer and saving me. The stone rejected by the builders has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous to see. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Please, Lord, please save us. Please, Lord, please give us success. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God shining among us, upon us. Bring forward the sacrifice and put it on the altar. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Proverbs 28, three through five. A poor person who oppresses the poor is like a pounding rain that destroys the crops. To reject the law is to praise the wicked. To obey the law is to fight them. Evil people don't understand justice, but those who follow the Lord understand completely. And to end today, I have a blessing for you that comes from Hebrews 10, 35. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. May your persistent prayers pay off and may the burdens that have plagued you suddenly feel like a light and easy yoke. May this suddenly breakthrough come quickly. May God grant you a fresh revelation of his love and a fresh outpouring of grace, not only to face the day, but to conquer it valiantly. And may you experience increasing joy because you believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has amazing things planned for you. Have a great day. Love you all.